today we're going to take a trip back in time and we have to think about why we started a headphone company. Mm. Not not if or when or we did uh-huh. it, yes. but why did we do it? Why? That's a question, yeah. yeah. It's not one I consider too frequently. Anyone remember? <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of it right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a well, few reasons. It was, it was kind of like a false start initially, though. You false know? start, yeah. yeah. Expand, yeah. yeah. Tell us. Well, we started to, and then it was like, uh, we didn't like what we were making. Yeah. And then we're like, ah, backburnered it for a few years. And yeah, but even before that, we had to come up with yeah. a reason why we would even bother to try, you know? I mean, I, I, I remember, we remember walking around an early can jam at Rocky Mountain, uh, was it even a can jam at that yeah. time? Yeah. yeah, there wasn't many vendors. Yeah, there, no, yeah. maybe 10, 12. It was like four <laughs> tables in a tent. Yeah, right, a tent. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, It was the early days. I don't know when the hell that was, probably 07, 08 or something like that. And uh, at that time, none of this existed, which is crazy. Think about it. None of this high-end headphone stuff really existed. There was nothing to choose from. And I remember seeing, I remember one guy having... He was made this little portable amplifier out of solid aluminum. It was a machined aluminum piece. Yeah. And he, I think he only had one. And he was letting people try it out there at his table with you know some headphones. I don't know who it was. I don't remember her name. I don't even know if they're still around. I can't remember. Too bad, you know. But uh, but yeah. And I thought it was pretty cool that you know he was looking for I don't know what some some reasonable amount of money that he put a price on it, which was obviously too cheap to actually produce a in any volume right he just didn't know that at the time hmm. but looking at you going, well, you're not gonna be able to sell that for 150 bucks and, and make it you know um or whatever the number was but that intrigued me i remember that intriguing me that i'm like well that's kind of cool that someone would go through all this trouble to make his own portable headphone app and it wasn't a it wasn't a business we were into we were two channel audio we were doing speakers and cable we were doing cables yeah. doing cables for two channel audio we really didn't pay any attention to the headphone side of it. It was like the ground floor of the industry at the time, you know. You could see it's just starting to people DIYing stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. So we're like, oh, it's kind of interesting. So we kind of started to dabble ourselves, I guess. You could yeah, say. I'm pretty sure it was me that I, we came back. Came back to I think we had we had the room up in ninth floor or whatever because we we're doing a speaker system with other companies. And I'm pretty sure it was me saying, you know. Looking around at the headphones, what's available and stuff, saying something. In fact, you know, we could probably make something like this. Well, I know what it was. It was, uh, we saw Woo's Monoblox, and you're like, this is cool. We need to make something to go with this. That oh, was yeah. like the only thing that you're like, oh, wow, this is a cool thing in the headphones. That's thing. true. And you had like one pair of them at yeah, the time. Yeah, that was the only set in the world of yeah. these, those d- two, three, four mono right. amps. I and, forgot how long he had that yeah. one before he actually sold one. Yeah. yeah. The was, market was so immature then. Yeah. Yeah, there's no one that... I'm pretty sure that's probably... I never really thought about it. I don't remember it, what yeah. the price was. Let's say it's 15 grand for the pair. It was there's, a lot. There's yeah. no headphone to go with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, what are you plugging into that? <laughs> you know, which is kind of wild when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I remember that was probably the spark. It was like... I think so. This is cool. We need to make something to go with this. Yeah. It was cool. Well, I hung out in the two-channel circles for a bit at that point, considering that, you know... We you happen to have get, like a vaguely sort of family business here, and you were just getting started with it. You were yeah. still you were just finishing up college or something, right? I was still in college at the time, yeah. and I went to a few shows at that point and saw the two channel stuff. People uh, selling their very low to very, very, very high price goods, and I saw the diversity, the people, 
um, well, the people a show like that attracted the the whole ecosystem, more or less, right? You kind of got a feel for it. And it was interesting in the fact that people were able to make really cool hardware that was unique, low volume specialty, and unusual. But the prices were just crazy. It was so unattainable to almost everyone. You would need to spend well over $100,000 to have a system that was really, truly special. Yeah, and, and I always, that's crazy. at those shows, I always said it's a show. And mm-hmm. I mean, most, and that's an issue with shows, right? Usually you're, when, you're, when you're doing a show and you're spending the money to do a show and you're flying people out to do a show, and you're probably going to put your best foot forward. Right. So mm-hmm. you're showing the most expensive stuff you have, usually, because you're right. trying to impress the most people. And, yeah. and looks, obviously, is, is a big impression when you see these huge speaker systems and multiple amplifiers and, you know, gear everywhere. Yeah. You know, you, know, you can't help but go, ooh, ah, as a yeah. consumer going, that's cool. It is kind of to your detriment at some t- point, though, because, like, you're shoving sure. all these huge things in these, like, hotel rooms, you know? Yeah. So well, yeah. what happened yeah. is you would go room to room to room as a consumer looking at the stuff. And, of course, inevitably, everyone wanted to stand out. So they weren't showing so much their $200 things. Some of the people had that, but that really wasn't the really the selling point most people were kind of pushing look what we could do here's our flagship and these systems were 100 200 500,000 dollars they're crazy money right just everything is as expensive and crazy as we could do it and while that's technically impressive that's not something that i was interested in i can't afford and i don't even want well for a most people like too, that doesn't didn't make I, I any financial sense uh, very few people in the world are interested in you, something you pull like in the that. parking lot with your honda accord you're not buying you're not spending half a million kind of dollars on an auto system <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah, probably not you know. but it's you could dream you know but it was cool right yeah. and then i had a sort of i probably the same kickstart that a lot of other people in the world that had at the time i had a demand for a personal audio that was better than what was available. I was going to school at the time, and I occasionally had long breaks between classes. I would have hours in some cases because this class was only available this time, this one was only available this time, so I had four hours I didn't do anything. So what do you do when you had extra time? And I was sort of vaguely looking into headphone options, and there really wasn't many. I was on HeadFi, I guess as you were at the time, and um, there really wasn't a lot available. It was very immature. Everyone was kind of sort of indecisive on what was good or what to buy and there was only a handful of products available and i tried a few of them you got uh i forgot what the model was you got those akg headphones that everyone was raving about at the time oh yeah it was like white ones, white ones? 701 yeah like a 300 hour pair i don't know what something it's two, like that hours yeah and was it a 701 i think so yeah they didn't do anything for me impressive yeah right likewise this was by considerable margin the most expensive headphone i've tried at that point yes right and it was one of the more expensive headphones available which is the reason why we never got into headphones to begin with is because they never did well, impress there us. was a different problem with those two i remember they were hard to drive so we didn't really have anything to like drive we didn't have headphone amps at the uh, time you know yeah. right well at the time that market even was so immature people were making like the Altoid tin amps and stuff like that mm-hmm. right it, there really wasn't the wide diversity that you see now where you could get any price point pretty much any size and feature set and it's Affordable. It's I forgot easy about to use. those amps that people were putting in a little, yep. little the tin cases that came candy can. <laughs> They'd use yeah. it as a case for a, a home brewed amp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to people uh, at college at the time about things like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's a few people that were making them and, and whatnot. But yeah, it was a serious. They didn't cr- yeah. work that good. No, well, no, yeah, they probably weren't really reliable either. But I mean, that's, that's 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 what that's kind of where this started though. Is was more of a grassroots movement. Uh, so to speak, in in the audio community based on headphones. Yeah, which hasn't happened in like two-channel and 
70 years yeah, or something. You know? Yeah, probably in the 70s. <laughs> maybe the, maybe would the 70s. would be when it last time, which is a long time ago. Yeah. You know, but uh, when your great great grandpa was in diapers. Mm-hmm. Okay, not that long. Something like that. Yeah, but anyway, the, the bottom line is, yeah, I mean, it, it hasn't been. And it, I think that's another thing that attracted me to it is like, well, I thought that, you know, well, we could kind of, we could, we could promote this we we know high-end we know we've been in a high-end two-channel biz for a long time already then and it's like well you know this shouldn't be that difficult to produce a high-end product um you know and and really bring the market along with us and that that's kind of was the vision i had at the time is like well i think we could probably do this and took a while it did more than i would like to see yeah. yeah i mean it's not like we initially just you know, we don't have like a team of engineers to throw at this problem. You, mm-hmm. you just got out of school, and it's the first thing I said. Well, let's start making a headphone. <laughs> well, I was working on it before then. Yeah, uh, but yeah, full time after yeah. I got out of school. Yeah, and I guess all the factors managed to align because we saw a demand. We personally were somewhat interested and had a demand ourselves. We didn't really like anything on the market. There really wasn't that much on the market. Nothing to appeal to a discerning audiophile, at least. And um, it seemed like an interesting thing to give it a shot, and we did. It took an awfully long time, and nothing pretty much happened seemingly for years. Yeah, it was you would try things; it didn't do what you expected. You try something else. There was a lot of there was a lot of uh, failure at the beginning, and then uh, then we started ramping up. I'd say the last two three years of that, we really started putting a lot of effort into it. A lot of effort. And well, we focused on it. I think the biggest thing was is that we didn't realize like like building jigs and all the, the things to build the things that you need to know how to yeah. build. That that took like the longest really. Figure out yeah. how to do it. And yeah. once you figure out how to do it, you figure out how to make the tooling to do That's it and right. the jigs to do it. Well it's a really complicated problem because inevitably you need to make things to be able to make things that nobody's made before. And you're too small to call somebody up and say, Hey, we're the small company that plans on selling four units. Can you make us this custom jig and we don't have any money? It doesn't go too far, right? That conversation yeah. ends quick. So you need to make it yourself. But you need to know how to make the thing that you don't know how to make that nobody's ever made to do a thing that nobody's ever done. Yeah. So it's, it's very difficult. So it's a lot a of bunch, trial bunch and error. Iterations of that. You hope this works. Yeah. You find out why it doesn't. You iterate. You improve. Yeah. And eventually it starts working. And the whole machining process was a learning curve. We never ran CNC machines before. Didn't know anything about them. Yeah. So we initially had someone else making the parts for us, which... Proved to be a limiting factor real quickly. Yeah. <laughs> really quickly, yeah. So we bought our first machine. You learned how to use it. But, yeah, but the bottom line is it was, it was a hell of a learning curve when you think about it. We do um, have a, a, real quick a, learning, like a learning. chest of all our early attempts still yeah. in the back. Yeah. Look at it sometimes. It's like, oh, my God. The messed up parts. Yeah. <laughs> Jigs and stuff. No, I mean, you know, it was, it, was, it was a cool experience, I think, particularly for you guys because, uh, you know, when's the last time you made something? And then, you know, sold it from scratch. I mean, you don't maybe would or would, but, you know, we've never done anything like that as a family or a company or as individuals. Yeah, from the ground up. From, yeah, right. From the ground up, totally. So and it was a cool process. And I'd, I'd recommend it, anyone willing to try something to try it on, on whatever you're passionate about. Make something. See how it goes. You actually got to make it, though. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the important thing, it. making it. More than one that's, is the yeah, hardest the hard part. part yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making one's easy. Making maybe even five more. or ten. But hundreds, all the same, yeah. shipping them to people, having them use them in ways you didn't expect, it's a challenge. Yeah, and it, uh, and it always will be. But that's business. That's the way the business is. You know, when you 
when you that's the thing about shifting a hobby over to a business it be, does become a business and but you could still enjoy it i know a lot of people are in the cars they're still in the cars even though they're making parts for cars or modifying cars or whatever and there's a lot of motorcycles that like that yeah you know i know well, ducati makes there's some guys make aftermarket parts for ducatis even locally here in buffalo and uh you know it's a big market and uh it's big for it's big enough for to have a small company make the parts but it's, it's worldwide specialty stuff yeah you know and it's kind of cool i mean and it's kind of again you know they started from scratch too they there was none of that was available and they made they created a company around the lack of availability and that's i think pretty much where this all starts you yeah, know most things start like yeah. that yeah. i mean why is elon making rockets right because what the way that he is because no one else did right so just to look at our electric cars, right? You look at it and go, well, I think I could do that, and I could do a better job at it. I think that's where it starts. Well, that is interesting. Someone did bring this up because um, he went to Russia to buy uh, the first rocket, you know, to learn how to make them and stuff, and they would, and he, he ended up not getting it. But it turned out that that was probably the best thing because he had to figure out how to make it yeah. himself. Right. So Yeah, he started from scratch. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's always a better idea to than To some copying. extent, though, it was basically the same thing for us. We didn't start out planning to make every part and do everything ourselves. That's in fact, true. we didn't think it was possible. I personally didn't think it would be practical to make a world-class headphone and manufacture all the parts ourselves. We were a very, very small company. It seemed like an impossible task. Yeah, we figured we'd get like a, just a typical speaker driver somewhere and then yeah. build around that. But we found out real quickly that typical speaker drivers all sucked. Yeah, so. that, I, yeah that, was, it was, that was our first like big hiccup, I'd say. It would be like... This isn't going to work. Yeah. It, it took like two days. Yeah, to it's not long. Out. You know, we got some samples in and stuff, and all these various like dynamic drivers. And it's like, this isn't going the way we yeah, want. They were there's, there's, bad. Yeah, there's like no way. This is, we can't, you know, there's no way. What do you call it? You can't polish a turd. It's something like there's that. There's no yeah. way. You know, you can make like, it better. You can make it pretty good. Yeah. But making a headphone that people go, wow, it's really yeah. hard to do with somebody else's driver. That takes some time. Unless it's a super good driver. I mean, it's doable, but. Yeah, now it's a lot easier. There's a lot more. Yeah, uh, drivers are actually good, but back in those days, what you could get was just very limited. Yeah, so that's the story. And I guess take take it what you what you want, but we we were innovators at that time and kind of still are, you know. And uh, we're still innovating. We're always innovating. I guess it's in our DNA. It's just yeah. who we are. It's a combination of us being put together and uh, as and just turn it into a company and being able to make these products is you know it's. I guess it's somewhat rare when you look at the when you look at the world, you know, it, and uh, you're lucky as any company gets started. You're fortunate if you can make it past the first couple of years. Mm. You know, most don't. A majority of time, I think it's a good 75, 80 percent of companies it's pretty high, fail yeah. in the first year or two. You know, so it's very understandable why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You either run yeah. out of money or time or well, that's the thing. Or yeah. you just hit a brick wall that just dead ends the whole project. <laughs> you need to be selling products to make money to then yeah. you know, make more products. That is a problem. Yeah. Without cash flow, it, this thing and the project ends real quickly. So anyway, um, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. We wanted to and we did. When we did it. And that's the reason. We, and we're still here today and we're still making better products. So thank you everybody. Please for watching. Please subscribe to us. Uh, if you like our videos, tick the like button and take care of yourselves. Happy New Year.